Mack trying to do too much, and Smith is going to be the beneficiary with LeBron at the other end. Left-handed hammer. Kobe and James. I mean, it's something that uh, the fans, uh, myself, him, Kobe himself, will never forget. You know, uh, you know, just being a competitor of him for the last 13 years, someone I idolized growing up, to be able to be on the same floor in his last, in my last time, uh, on the floor with him, uh, it was an honor. What's going on, NBA fans? You already know what time it is. This is the NBA League Pass podcast, only on the War Report radio series. I'm your gracious host, Jared Adams, and this is the full court press of all things you need to know, NBA, in 30 minutes or less. I am broadcasting live from a city without an NBA team. That's right, Newark, New Jersey. Bring back the New Jersey Nets. We're not going to waste any more time. This is the NBA League Pass podcast. Full court press of all things you need to know, NBA, in 30 minutes or less. We're going to begin with some headlines. Of course, how can I start without discussing LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, their final matchup. They've played each other 22 times in the regular season. This was their final matchup on Thursday night. I'm sure you all saw it out there. Shout out to all the NBA fans out there. Shout out to everyone tuning in to the NBA League Pass podcast. I do this for y'all. Anyway, th- why is this game significant? Why are we talking about Kobe and LeBron? Uh, let's see here. Probably because they're two once-in-a-generation type talents. 13 of the uh, past 16 NBA Finals has included either LeBron or Kobe Bryant. Let's not forget Kobe Bryant, five-time NBA champion, one-time MVP, LeBron James. Two-time NBA champion, four-time league MVP. So, you got to discuss those two legends battling out for the final time on the hardwood. We'll never get to witness that again. So, I'm glad I got to witness it. You know what I mean? Uh, LeBron James came away with the victory. Kobe did his thing, though. He had about 25, whatever. You know what I mean? Great matchup either way. Great entertainment basketball. The Lakers are not in the playoff hunt, so it doesn't really mean anything. But it means something to me because I'm an NBA diehard fan. So, let's just move on to some other headlines. Derek Fisher. Let's talk about Derek Fisher. This guy, Derek Fisher, he comes out this week and releases a uh, a statement about Matt Barnes and his firing from the New York Knicks. Talking about he wanted his voice to be heard. And basically what he had to say was about Derek Fisher and Matt Barnes is, look, we were teammates for one year. We never really kicked it. We weren't cool. Our kids don't know each other. I barely know Matt Barnes. That's what he's saying. There's pictures online of uh, Derek Fisher, picture with Matt Barnes and his uh, former wife that would kind of, you know what I mean, display that as false reporting from Derek Fisher trying to save his name per se with this column that he wrote at on the, um, the Cauldron magazine, whatever. On Derek Fisher's part, it looked like he's just trying to save his name and reputation amongst the NBA and the NBA media. Uh, it could be, you know what I mean, an outlet for him to try to step out and do some reality TV now, Basketball Wives. Can you guys picture Derek Fisher on Basketball Wives? Because that's kind of looking where it's headed to for Derek Fisher. He's fired from the Knicks. I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job anytime soon. His reputation is kind of taking a hit ever since this whole Matt Barnes situation. You know what I mean? The Knicks let him go. So... Derek Fisher, you know, you could take your uh, explanation because nobody really cares 
about your relationship with Matt Barnes. It's all about how it looks to the general public. Now, if it wasn't as messy as it looks to the general public, because right now, general public, Derek Fisher, it looks really, really messy. You know what I mean? If it didn't look messy, why would Matt Barnes travel six hours from what he was doing to come and whoop your ass? Excuse my language. I know I said I was going to keep it clean on the League Pass podcast. But either way, Derek Fisher, with or without the statement, you know what I mean? It doesn't really change my opinion on the whole Matt Barnes situation. Either way, it's a good laugh for any everybody. You know what I mean? I think Derek Fisher right now is taking himself a little bit too seriously. Um, as far as trying to protect his name, he has a right to do that. Everyone has a right to protect their name and uh, their livelihood. But as far as I'm concerned, I had already kind of moved on from the whole Derek Fisher, Matt Barnes situation until Derek Fisher kind of brought it back into the light. You know what I mean? So it is what it is at this point. Uh, we got to talk about some injury reports. OJ Mayo out for the season with a broken ankle. Jalil Ogafor possibly was the rookie of the year this year. No longer an option. He's out for the season with a torn meniscus. Eric Gordon, the injury-prone machine. He's out again for the uh, remainder of the year uh, with finger surgery, which rises another question. What type of money will Eric Gordon command on the open market? He's a free agent this year. He's been very injury-prone. He's been a disappointment, to say the least, in New Orleans. They pay him $15 million a year. And that was before uh, the collective barter agreement that the 15 million is now a normal salary for a guy like Eric Gordon or even a guy above Eric Gordon's statue. Uh, I know Chandler Parsons, he gets paid 15 million a year. Who'd you rather have, Eric Gordon or Chandler Parsons? I'd rather have Chandler Parsons. But either way, Eric Gordon, he signed a max contract uh, with the Phoenix Suns, which New Orleans matched at the time they were still the Hornets. And uh, he's bec- he's coming off the books this year, which is great news for the New Orleans Pelicans because I doubt they'll try to re-sign Eric Gordon They'll try to just move on, hopefully, if, if uh, GM Dell Dimps of the New Orleans Pelicans has any type of common sense, he'll move on from the Eric Gordon era, which raises the question, which type of market is there for Eric Gordon right now in the NBA? He's coming off another injury. He didn't perform as well as he would like to uh, in a contract year. So it'll be interesting to see what type of uh, contract Eric Gordon can uh, muster up this year. He's, I know he's got a great agent, but uh, either way, Mario Chalmers, is, let's continue with the injury report. Mario Chalmers out for the year with the uh, Achilles injury, uh, and he was also waived by the Grizzlies to free up a roster spot, possibly for Ray McCallum, okay? Let's talk about some other headlines, okay? Chris Bosh, still the injury report. He uh, hopes to return this season. He said he's feeling a little bit healthier. Watch out for the Miami Heat now if they get Chris Bosh back healthy for the playoffs, because that means... They have Dragic, D-Wade, Joe Johnson, Chris Bosh, Hassan Whiteside. Okay, off the bench, you got Luol Dang. Who else you got off the bench? Amari Stoudemire. Other than that, Justice Winslow. So I like their roster right now. Gerald Green. You know what I mean? They can make a decent playoff push to the Eastern Conference Finals, possibly, depending on the matchup, depending on where they face the Cavs in in the playoffs. So, be on the lookout for the Miami Heat. They're not championship level right now, but uh, they could definitely make some noise in the playoffs. Okay, let's continue with some injuries, even though this doesn't qualify as an NBA player. Longtime NBA referee 
Joey Crawford. I know you guys know who Joey Crawford is. He's probably the most notable NBA ref out there. He's been refing for 39 years, 50 NBA Finals games, 2,500 NBA games. He, he's done for his career. He had a right knee injury this year. He already announced that this was going to be his final year refing. So, Joey Crawford, salute to you, my G. You did your thing as an NBA ref, and uh, it's time to hang them shoes up, my boy. Get some young ladies out there. Oh, uh, interesting enough, why don't we ever see like a 25-year-old NBA referee, like a young person refereeing the NBA game? I think young guys have the legs to keep up with the NBA players. It's amazing that Joey Crawford at age 64 was able to keep up with the NBA game and pace for such a long period of time, 39 years being a ref. Salute to Joey Crawford on your retirement, sir. You deserve it. Let's discuss some more NBA headlines now. The Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry. 45 straight home victories. Right now, they're 58-6, I believe, after last night's win against the Trailblazers. So, uh, they got to win 73 to get their own record for the season. Do you guys think they can do it? That's like three losses left. Uh, and then uh, four losses to tie the Bulls, 7-2-10 record. So, uh, we got about five weeks left. How many games is 52-8-6? If you do the math, that's 64 games right there. Out of an 82-game season, they got to go about 15-3 and in those last 18 games. Very possible for the Golden State Warriors. What more can you say about the Golden State Warriors? It became more of a story when they lose now than when they actually win a game. I already talked about before. How uh, ESPN and uh, ABC, they highlight the uh, three-point line now every time a three-point shot is either taken or made. So who do you think has that impact on the NBA like that? That's all the Golden State Warriors and Stephen Curry is doing. They're changing the game as we know it. Uh, let's talk about some more headlines, though. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay, they haven't been too bad. They have been having some trouble closing out games lately. They lost last night on a buzzer beater to the Timberwolves. Ricky Rubio hit a game-winning three off the pass from Andrew Wiggins. Great pass from Andrew Wiggins and great concentration by Ricky Rubio, by the way, to hit that shot uh, to win the game on the road uh, against the Thunder. But that's not why I bring up the Oklahoma City Thunder in headlines. Got to talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder, that dark, dark cloud over Oklahoma City right now. Okay, you got to talk about rest in peace. Monty Williams wife Monty Williams said uh, this week he's not coming he's not going to return to the Oklahoma City Thunder he's going to take some time off spend some time with his family great move for Monty Williams you know what I mean we're all grieving for Monty Williams family sad sad story what happened to him and uh, his family with his wife dying in a car accident then you got to talk about uh, one of their part owners also died I think in a car accident this year and then you got to talk about recently this past week Dion Waiters' little brother was killed in Philly. So that's th three murders. Not three murders, three deaths. Uh, uh, uh. And I hate to talk about deaths like so openly um, about the Thunder like that. You know what I mean? This isn't a game. Like real people have, have died. And uh, rest in peace to all three of them. You know what I mean? Nobody really deserves to die. But one thing is certain in life is that we all will die. So, um, but either way, that's, that's, that's a dark, dark cloud over Oklahoma City Thunder that nobody is really bringing up. I know death comes in threes. So, uh, just just very weird and eerie story in my opinion that uh, three deaths came out of Oklahoma City uh, this year and uh, what that means for them going moving forward. You know what I mean? Like, 
I know that it has to like weigh on the team a little bit that uh, so many deaths have happened this season. So I don't know. It's pretty weird in my opinion that uh that has happened to the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know. Okay, more headlines. LeBron James he passes John Havlicek, 13th all time uh, on the scoring list. So shout out to LeBron James. He now holds the 13th all-time score to itself and uh brings up an interesting uh dialogue between lebron james and Stephen curry when it's all said and done i think lebron james has been a better stat stuffer than uh steph curry ever will be you know what i mean because lebron james he came out of high school putting up big numbers you know what i mean he has been for doing it such a long time 13 years when it's all said and done lebron james might have better statistics than any other NBA player, arguably. You know what I mean? But at the same time, what what is Steph Curry's claim to fame as far as his stats? I know he's going to break the threes record. Uh, he's going to destroy that threes record. The threes record is already Steph Curry's. He already is breaking his own records per season on threes. So if you give that to Steph Curry, what else is he going to do? Like where will Steph Curry end up on the all-time scoring list? Because I, because I know for a fact that LeBron James has the possibility to end with more points, rebounds, and assists than Steph Curry uh, throughout Steph Curry's whole career. So that's just an interesting uh, fact. And speaking of LeBron James, he came out uh, this past week after their loss to the Grizzlies and stated that um, the Cavs, they're just not ready for playoff basketball right now. Uh, and that was the loss that uh, the Grizzlies, I think they had eight available players. Just terrible basketball that game by the Cavs. Uh, bad effort. All around, I think uh, they let Tony Allen have a season-high 26 on them. So, uh, and uh, the Grizzlies were without Gasol, Randolph, and Conley. And they uh, went to Cleveland and uh, won that game. So, it's still the NBA, you know what I mean? Same thing with the Lakers and the Warriors. When the Lakers beat the Warriors this past week. It's still the NBA. Best players in the world, hands down. The last headlines you got to talk about is uh, the Spurs picking up on... Kevin Martin's contract. I know I spoke about that last League Pass podcast episode. Uh, is that Kevin Martin was looking to go to the Spurs, and uh, since then he has signed with the Spurs. So good pickup from the Spurs, and I know Ty Lawson has also signed with the Pacers. So interesting pickups by both teams. Hopefully it works out for both teams. Lastly, with the headlines, KD. Well, this isn't really even a headline because KD has said this over and over and over. But the fact remains that he's going to be a free agent this year. He came out this week saying that most of the free agency uh, rumors that you guys hear are made-up stories. You know what I mean? KD, he keeps a tight-knit camp. He doesn't. He hasn't even spoke about his own free agency yet. So uh, any news that you hear about KD's free agency, probably rumors and just speculation at this point. KD has come out and said that, which is fine, which is fine. But the fact remains is that uh, he's, he's going to be a free agent. So you're either going to re-sign, which you have the opportunity to do right now. KD, there's, there's no weight on re-signing with the Thunder. If you're going to re-sign, you can re-sign. If you're not going to re-sign, you're going to be a free agent. So the media has every right to talk about your free agency because it has a potential to reshape the NBA. I know I talked about this already on the League Pass podcast. Kevin Durant, what you going to do? What you going to do, Kevin Durant? Because... Bottom line, you have the opportunity to reshape the entire NBA, you know what I mean? Say if KD went to the Hawks, you know what I mean? With that supporting cast, I think they would that would be a good look for him. Or even if he went to the Wizards, even if he went to the Pelicans, played with AD. I don't know. But anyway, KD, hey, 
I, I doubt KD is staying with the Thunder. That's all I'm going to say. Fans in this sprawling metropolis have frequently been portrayed as blasé, even laid back, if you will. But one team has turned this all around. It is the pro basketball team that plays inside the Forum here in Inglewood, California. The Los Angeles Lakers are shooting for their fourth championship in this decade, and they have turned on Southern California like no team in recent memory. CBS Sports welcomes you to the 1987 NBA Finals. We are ready for round one. The defending champion Boston Celtics against the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, now this is the forum. Shout out to RealGM.com. We are going to discuss some of the topics you guys are actively discussing on RealGM.com's forum. All right, first topic is going to be what is Devin Booker's ceiling? If you go on RealGM.com right now, we're talking about how good is the Suns rookie, Phoenix Suns rookie, Devin Booker. How good is he? How good can he be? What is his ceiling? Now, if you don't know what a ceiling is, is, is the sky's the limit theory, like how good can he actually be? Can he be a superstar? Can he be an all-star? Can he score 20 points in the game? Uh, can he score 20 points? Uh, average that in the season. Now, in my opinion, Devin Booker, the sky's the limit for this kid. What can you say about Devin Booker you know what I mean he, he played for that Kentucky team stayed one year in college that Kentucky team had a lot of talent but Devin Booker and uh Carl Anthony Towns always stood out to me as the top tier players on that team why because Devin Booker when he was open in in any type of environment on Kentucky he hit the shot bottom line on some Klay Thompson type of vibe to me you know what I mean Devin Booker has always been that type of player even though he's not really the same exact players that Klay Thompson. What can you say? Klay Thompson, there's only one Klay Thompson, and there's only one Devin Booker. Now, Devin Booker, you can compare him to Klay Thompson because of the shooting stroke, but Devin Booker, he's got a good handle to him. He can get to where he wants to on the floor, um, unlike Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson is kind of robotic as far as where he can get to on the floor, but Klay Thompson's got that footwork where he can spin out and just shoot over the defender anywhere he is on the floor. As far as a fadeaway jumper or a mid-range jumper, Klay Thompson's got that that game where it doesn't really matter who's in front of him. He's going to do his move regardless, and he's going to shoot the shot, you know what I mean, and, and, and most likely make the shot if it's a high percentage shot. Devin Booker, he's got more crossover, in-and-out moves, you know what I mean, but still can pull up anywhere. He's got a good mid-range game. He's got a good three-point shot. So right now, the sky's the limit for Devin Booker, in my opinion. He's already the Phoenix Suns' best NBA prospect right now and he's only about 20 years old he was like the young he, I think he's the youngest player in the NBA matter of fact Devin Booker so I think he can make a few all-star teams man I'm, I know you guys think I'm maybe crazy for saying this but I don't think he's a superstar um but I definitely think he, he could be a perennial all-star in the NBA now he's the youngest player in the NBA and he's putting up big numbers for the Phoenix Suns he's had 20 multiple times in the past month uh sometimes even 30 points per game you know what I mean? So, definitely be on the lookout for Devin Booker. Now, the next topic we're going to discuss is who would you rather have, a prime Brandon Roy or Damian Lillard right now? Now, 
this one is a great, great topic and great dialogue to even discuss about the NBA. Because you got to talk about Brandon Roy. What Brandon Roy could have been had he not been so injury prone in his career. You know what I mean? Brandon Roy, similar to Damian Lillard, spent all four years in college. So he came out very NBA ready. I think the main difference between uh, Brandon Roy and Damian Lillard's game as far as what they mean to the Trailblazers is... Brandon Roy could be your number one option, and he was a Bella facilitator, defender, and rebounder in, in, in uh, Damian Lillard. Now, Damian Lillard is a more explosive scorer. Uh, why is he a more explosive scorer? Because I think in today's NBA, the three-point shot is just so important nowadays that the fact that Damian Lillard has limitless, limitless range and the fact that he puts up so many three-point shots... You know what I mean? It makes him a little bit more explosive as a scorer. He could put up numbers in bunches. You know what I mean? And not that, not to say that Brandon Roy couldn't do that because he could. Brandon Roy definitely could score with the best of them in the NBA. Brandon Roy was hell bent on being the next superstar in the NBA, especially at the two guard position. Uh, you, think, you got to talk about Kobe and D Wade. Brandon Roy was considered next in line, like the third best shooting guard in the NBA as a scorer, as a distributor, and as a defender. He was a two-way player. And you got to talk about some of the things he accomplished while he was in the NBA. Brandon Roy took his team to the playoffs, okay, and won a couple NBA series in the playoffs, which is something that Damian Lillard has done, but not as the number one go-to guy option. I think when they beat the Rockets uh, two years ago, Damian Lillard was uh, option 1B to uh, LaMarcus Aldridge's option 1A. And I know this was only Damian Lillard's second year in the NBA. The sky's the limit for Damian Lillard. I already called him the next offensive superstar. I think Damian Lillard can lead the league in scoring one day. So you can't really answer this question because, for one, Damian Lillard's career is not over yet. Um, and I think they're both great players nonetheless. So it all depends on how you view building a championship roster. Um, I think Brandon Roy showed thus far that he had a little bit more championship line competitiveness in him, which I think Damian Lillard does have. He does have ice in his veins, that killer instinct that you're looking for. Um, but Brandon Roy, he, he was a little bit better as an all-around player thus far in his NBA career. Okay, now next topic we're going to discuss are players that had a better NBA career than their college career would have indicated. Now... To discuss this, um, kind of have to discuss uh, like what this question actually means and like what what category of players should fit into this category. Because you could say Steph Curry and Draymond Green, but arguably those two players had great college careers. You know what I mean? Nobody could predict it, the success that they had on the NBA level um, thus far, and nobody could have really predicted that they would be this good in the NBA. But the fact remains is Steph Curry, you know what I mean? He made it out of Davidson. You know how nice you got to be to make it out of Davidson? Um, and Draymond Green, he was like the Big Ten player of the year. He was coming out of college. So in, 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 in retrospect, you also have to discuss that most NBA players already have good to great college careers anyway. It just all depends on how the draft views you as an NBA prospect. You know what I mean? Steph Curry... Had a bunch of weaknesses people said that he had. You know what I mean? Could his game translate to the NBA? Same thing with Draymond Green. Was he a tweener? Was, is he a three or is he a four? These things can hurt your draft stock, um, even though you were a good to great college player. 
Now, got to talk about players that fit into this category. Um, one that comes to mind is Paul Millsap. On one end, he came out of nowhere at Louisiana Tech University. Not a lot of NBA players come out of Louisiana Tech University. Um, but Paul Millsap, at the same time in college, led the NCAA in scoring three years. So, like, can you really say that his college career indicated he was going to be a great pro? Um, no, but the fact remains is nobody could have predicted that Paul Millsap out of Louisiana Tech had this much game and could be an all-star in the NBA. Who else do you have to discuss? You got to talk about Paul George. Nobody was talking about Paul George in college. He went to Fresno State. Uh, he was still he still had the same like length and size and athleticism he has today and whatever you want to call it. But Paul George was a great pickup by Larry Bird at the time for the Pacers because nobody was really paying attention to Paul George like that coming out of college. And uh, I never even witnessed Paul George play a game in college that I remember where uh, like people were talking about Paul George on that level. Um, other players you have to discuss. I got a little list for you. Kawhi Leonard, Chandler Parsons, DeAndre Jordan, Russell Westbrook out of UCLA. He was like a backup some years at UCLA behind Darren Collison. Um, who would have thought Russell Westbrook would be as good as he was today uh, coming out of UCLA, even though he was the number four pick in the draft? Jimmy Butler coming out of Marquette. He was a do-it-all player for Marquette. Great player, but still didn't go in the lottery. Um, Andre Drummond, his one year at UConn left a lot to be desired. Um, Isaiah Thomas, even though he stayed all four years at Washington, who could have thought that a guy 5'9", five, 5'8", five, could be this good in the NBA as an all-star coming out of uh, Washington? Got to talk about Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, I remember Kyle Lowry from Villanova playing with uh, Randy Foy and Alan Ray. Who would have thought that Kyle Lowry would be by far the greatest NBA player out of all three of those players? And Alan Ray never even had staying power in the NBA, even though he was a great player at Villanova um, during those Villanova years, those early Villanova years. It's very rare to talk if you guys remember Kyle Lowry at Villanova. But either way, also got to talk about uh, Steve Nash. Nobody really thought Steve Nash would be a two-time MVP coming out of uh, Canada, whatever. Dennis Rodman, Ben Wallace, guys like that. Now, those guys really fit into this category, even though they're not even in the league anymore, simply because nobody could have depicted that they would be great NBA players coming out of college. If I want to give interviews, I'll give interviews. You know what your problem is? You're too modest. Hey, I give good quotes. And you can print that on the front page. Anthony Hardaway, best player in basketball, guarantees championship. Guaranteed. You can't say stuff like God, that. Let me just tell All you right? this. I'm an integral part of the Magic organization. Now, Penny's yeah, the team right. leader, but I'm the choreographer for the Magic Dance. Get you a job if you want. Hey, ooh, whoa, Penny, stop the car. That was Tyra Banks, boy. Okay, now you guys already know what time it is. It's time to discuss who's got next in the NBA. And what better time to discuss the NBA draft, which is 110 days away on the day before Selection Sunday uh, for March Madness, NCAA basketball. Can't forget about college basketball. This is the NBA League Pass podcast. What better way to discuss uh, NBA draft and college basketball than today, the day before Selection Sunday? Now, we've got a lot of good prospects coming up in this NBA draft that are... Uh, 
should you guys should be paying attention to um, for the uh, March Madness NCAA tournament. One player you got to talk about is Ben Simmons, the uh, 6'10 prospect out of LSU. Um, he's had a great year, proven to be an all-around player inside um, and uh, in memory. He has a terrible outside game right now, but it's all good. Speaking of outside game, Brandon Ingram out of Duke. Also got to talk about Grayson Allen out of Duke. He's a, he's a really good player when uh, Duke is at home. But I'm not sure about Grayson Allen as far as um, what he can provide for Duke uh, this year in the tournament. So be on the lookout for both Brandon Ingram and Grayson Allen. Let's see what type of tournaments they have uh, leading up into the NBA draft. Um, I really like Chris Dunn out of Providence, the uh, 6'4 prospect, point guard prospect. He reminds me a little bit of John Wall and uh, D. Wade. Uh, Chris Dunn out of uh, Providence, so I will be looking uh, forward to watching his games uh, in the tournament. Um, also, got to talk about some of Kentucky's prospects: Jamal Murray out of uh, Canada and uh, Scal Labissiere out of uh, Haiti, uh, the center prospect. Now, Jamal Murray is a six-four point guard slash shooting guard. Uh, right now, he's slated in the mock draft as a lottery pick. Scal Labissiere. I'm just looking at the, the 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 mock draft board right now, and uh, just looking at some prospects. Also, got to talk about Mellow Trimble out of uh, Turk Nation, University of Maryland. I like him as a prospect. Diamond Stone, uh, the freshman center prospect out of Maryland as well. Look forward to seeing them in the uh, NCAA tournament. Also, got to talk about. Denzel Valentine. I know I call Draymond Green Baby Magic. I like to call Denzel Valentine Baby Draymond Green. I like the Michigan State connection right there. Uh, I really like Denzel Valentine's game. I think that going into this draft, 2016, he will benefit from Draymond Green's success in the NBA. You know what I mean? They're not going to want to whiff on Michigan State prospects like that again. Uh, a guy who's a do-it-all player for Michigan State. Either way, I'm looking forward to a great NCAA tournament, um, great March Madness. Looks like we're running out of time. This is the NBA League Pass podcast, the full core press of all things you need to know, NBA in 30 minutes or less. That's my time, guys. I'm your gracious host, Jared Adams, on the War Report Radio Series. We are out. One last thing, follow my Instagram page at war underscore report underscore radio and my Twitter page, war report radio straight through, no underscores. Holla.